welcome back. This is your host, Felicia Marie at From a Friend Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. I'm very happy you decided to join us this week. And if you're returning, thank you so much. I hope you're ready for another deep dive. Today is pretty much just me with a five bullet point list of things labeled under the category, can we not? As in, can we not just stop doing some of these things as a society? So yeah, let's get into it. Diving straight in with number one. Number one being, can we not just stop training people in the service industry like garbage? This means people who go out to eat, but also I'm talking to the people who treat their workers like crap in management and higher up positions. I mean, seriously, what is with people these days? Where does this sense of blatant entitlement come from? Just go out to eat and treat the person waiting on you with some common decency. It is not that hard. And if you're a manager stuck, like, in some sucky chain restaurant, congratulations, you've made it. Take that stick up your hiney and stop taking yourself so seriously and walking around making everyone uncomfortable with your blatant anger at the world. I hate to stereotype, I really do, but I have just genuinely failed to meet anyone in management in the food industry who doesn't hate their lives and the world around them. I'm not saying this to be mean, I promise, and hopefully you know someone who proves me wrong, but I just think that far too often service workers have had to accept that type of attitude and behaviors as their standards, and it's just really not fair. The service industry contains some of the hardest workers out there. I've seen people working harder in harder positions than I've done with 10 times more gratitude. It's amazing to see someone doing something that's so unideal in such a graceful and positive way. Like, not everyone wants to buzz, not everyone wants to wash dishes, not everyone wants to sweat their butts off in the back cooking for people who suck, (laughs) you know? But, yeah, I don't know. I just hate the reputation that the food industry gets. Why does telling someone that you're a server or a line cook come with this sense of, like, aw, poor thing, what did you do wrong in life? Why can't you get any better job than that? have so much more potential oh sweetie (laughs) I'm sorry I do love that restaurant though except for when they mess up my order it's like oh I'm sorry but where else are you gonna go to feel important if we all left the food industry and you had no one to yell about your food taking too long or your soup being too cold or the room being too drafty the world needs us for their luxuries okay So it's time that they start treating us that way. This is clearly a subject matter that I could literally spiral over, and I very well might, but I just, I can't stress it enough how much I don't understand treating someone like shit over something that is a luxury and not even a necessity. 
some of those stories I have to expose all you Karens out there would truly surprise you. But then again, maybe not. I mean, unfortunately, there are Karens running around wild everywhere. So my stories maybe aren't surprising, but they are ridiculous nonetheless. I'll give you just a quick little glimpse of a day in the life, okay? One time, at the very beginning of my shift, I had this couple come in, and I greeted them and attempted to get their drink order, and they immediately went into how they weren't given their coleslaw with their last meal, and that I owed them one. And my first thought in my head is like, good one, right? Like, that's obviously a joke. How is this not their last waiter's problem? No offense. Like, but who orders something and is so bent out of shape about not receiving it that they wait a whole nother visit to bring it up and make that someone else's problem who had nothing to do with that first bad experience that they had? Like, I know nothing about your coleslaw, lady. Order it and I'll bring it to you. Or don't and stop being weird about it. Like, I don't get it. So, uh, yeah, so they decided they wanted to drag this problem into my day and my shift. So I bring them the meal that they ordered without coleslaw. They didn't order coleslaw, okay? They joked about me needing to bring them some. Like, they joked about demanding it from me, which I didn't take seriously. I'm sorry. Maybe that was my bad. I did actually go to the first manager that I saw on duty and told him about this, and he laughed in my face and was like, dude, they're ridiculous. They can get the fuck out of here with all that. Like, I'm not going to give them that. That's dumb. Okay, great. So I didn't bring him the cold saw. So then I brought out their food, and she immediately, you know, complained that, like, where is it? I told you what happened, and now you have the audacity to bring me my food without the coleslaw that you owe me? And I was like, okay, so sorry. I'll be right back. I go back there, find the other manager, and I'm like, I'm sorry this lady is really upset that she didn't get the coleslaw that she didn't order today, that she ordered last time, that she's mad at me about for not getting last time. And now she wants to talk to you. And this manager looks at me and goes, well, why didn't you just give it to her? Mind you, this is the same manager that would get mad at us for giving them an extra side of sauce. Like, you, they, they would make you ring in every little thing. So why would I assume that it would have been okay for me to just not ring in anything and give her a free coleslaw that she demanded? Like, in what world would I assume that that would suddenly be okay when normally I have a hard time getting what they actually asked for that is reasonable. So whatever, he goes out there, makes me look bad. It's fine. It didn't matter. Like, it didn't make them any happier. In fact, when I came back after that, they had switched tables entirely without telling anyone. So I go over there and I'm like, hey, so y'all moved? <laughs> Something like that. And she's like, yeah, it's too hot right there by the window. I can't believe y'all would even put us back here. Like, why are we in this back room? It's so hot. It's so stuffy. I can't really breathe. I haven't gotten any air. This is ridiculous. I will never be sitting back here again. And I'm thinking, I hope you never come back here again, lady. Like, I hope that you had such a bad time in that first booth that you never want to come back to this restaurant or eat our stupid coleslaw ever again. So I'm like, oh... I'm so sorry. I'll go tell them. That's absolutely ridiculous. And you're right. Like, we should, I don't even know why we have this back room, to be honest. I just work here <laughs> for minimum wage. So 
eat your coleslaw, lady. <laughs> and that's funny, though, because the best part about this whole story is that she didn't eat it. She didn't even eat it. So, yeah, I know there are a lot of people out there who can hopefully, well, not hopefully relate, but that just do relate to this. So you're not alone, okay? I'm your ally. And together we can take down the Karens of the world. Except for my boyfriend's mom. Her her name is Karen and she's great. Um, but anyway, moving on to bullet point two. Bullet point number two, social media. This one is a bit of a slippery slope. I fall victim to it every single day, but it just can't help the fact that I think it's still a sad concept to know that we collectively choose to spend our limited, precious time on constantly trying to keep up this idea that we're always leading with our best foots forward. Our best foot, not our best foots. But you get it. You know, like life is always happening right under our noses, and yet there's so much that I think we miss out on because we're on autopilot or we're like worried about getting the perfect footage of what's happening versus being in the moment when things are happening, which is something that I struggle with a lot. Um, but yeah, this makes me a little bit sad that we're all guilty of this. And I shouldn't say all, a lot of us aren't. But for those who know, no. So if somebody out there knows a secret between both a balanced life on social media as well as taking in everything around them happening in their real life, let me know so I can share it here on this podcast and help those of us who somehow really don't have that. I don't want to say like don't participate in social media because I think that there are a lot of good things about it. I think that if we use it for the way it should have been intended for, for connections and making memories and, you know, things like that, I think it's good. I mean, I do think we should be showcasing the good things in our life for sure, but I think it just became too much one way. Like if you're like me, you like those Instagram accounts or like TikTok accounts, any sort of social media that shows the more human side of things. Like, um, for example, I was actually um, watching, you know, TikTok the other day and I came across this video that was like, this is what my influencer post would look like if I was being honest. And then she like walked us through one of those daily blog videos and she like overvoiced it. And she said, I always say like, good morning, everybody. My day is starting at 5 a.m. sharp. The first thing I do is get out of bed and I wash my face. I do a whole routine. I make my smoothie, my protein shake, whatever, out the door, at, in the gym, yada, yada. And she's like, yeah, I just kind of say that to like make y'all feel bad. I really sleep until 11. I don't go to the gym. I just wear the cute clothes and I maybe piddle paddle around and I, you know, order Starbucks and and yada yada. So I just thought that that was like really funny and really refreshing because I do feel like sometimes it'd it be like that. People just put on this kind of facade to make it seem like they're doing something right at whatever standard that we somehow all collectively agreed was the standard when it shouldn't be. It should not be a one size fits all. I, I definitely believe self care is not a one size fits all. So 
anyway, that's that's the point I'm trying to make here is that I wish we could all not continue with making social media a space where only the best of the best things happen and only perfect things exist there. Like, can we not just show the human side of it? That would be that would be really great. Bullet point three. Can we not ignore the people we care about for an excuse as poor as being too busy? I mean, honestly, what does that even mean? Don't get me wrong. I feel like this bullet point is a little bit complex because, yes, we do all have a lot going on in our own lives, right? Lots of responsibilities, lots of work to be done, silent inner struggles that we face in our own heads, lots of emotions to navigate. Trust me, I get it. However, I do still have a hard time justifying the act of putting someone off simply because you know they'll be there another time when you're good and ready. Sometimes I honestly feel like one of the only people who doesn't resonate with those sayings like, Oh, I love those friendships where you can go months without speaking and then y'all can just pick up where you left off like no time has passed. Okay, like, you want to know what the problem is with that? It's that time is passing. Time is still passing. And just because you're caught up in this season of your life feeling like you can't be there for this person because you have XYZ going on, doesn't mean that life just stops for the other person. They also have challenges to face and responsibilities to meet and internal struggles that they have to silently tend to. The only difference is they have to go through that while knowing that they can't count on you to be there for them because you're too busy. I don't know. Maybe it is just the Aries in me or the super over-emotional side of me. Or the fact that I have experienced deafening loss that makes me understand what it feels like to wish you had more time when there suddenly isn't any anymore. And maybe that's what keeps me from ever going too long before checking in on the people that I care about. And then I had another thought, like maybe it's not about being too busy at all. Maybe you or that person simply just don't care enough to put the effort in. And you know what? That's actually okay. If you don't or can't see the value in reaching out for other people, despite what you may be going through, then they probably aren't someone that you can relate to or connect with anymore. And that's okay. That is part of life. And when growth happens, people change and they end up sometimes on different pages. But if that's the case, why not just be real with your friends? Why not make it clear the reason of your absence instead of basing y'all's relationships out of convenience? Your convenience. Newsflash, relationships and friendships aren't about convenience and they are not a given. Relationships are hard work and they require time and attention and nourishment just like any other living thing. One can be understanding and respectful of one's times and boundaries and responsibilities while also eventually growing tired of never being a priority in that other person's life. Because at the end of the day, let's face it, 
The idea that we make time for those that are most important to us is simply the truth. You would never go weeks or months without talking to your mom, dad, grandma, or boyfriend, would you? No. So what makes it so different in platonic friendships and relationships? Like, we're also living in a world full of instances where you can instantly get in contact with somebody. I don't want this to get misconstrued and be like, oh, Felicia, you're just being too needy. You're not understanding that it's not always about you. People just have things going on and they're just busy. I'm like, dude, no, I get it. Like I said, the problem is if I can be going through all this stuff and still find it in me to to send you one text and just simply be like, hey, I'm sorry. I understand I've been absent. I love you. I'm thinking about you. Can I get a quick update? Like, how's it going since the last time we talked? I know you were going through yada yada. Like, a text does not demand our time. We do so many other things mindlessly all day long. Like, let's just stop acting like that that's difficult to do. It's not. I get it. Like, some friendships have those conversations where every single one of your messages has to be, like, really long and thought out and detailed. I get that. That's overwhelming. Even I will be like, oh, boy. I got to let that one sit for a few days until I got energy. I got to work on it like piece by piece. I get it. Like that's a little too much. But to check in with someone, it doesn't have to be all that. And I think you know when someone's asking for all that versus just bare minimum effort. Also, being there for someone doesn't mean like seeing them every day or even every week. Okay, I'll even give you every month. You don't have to see them every month. But why can't you maybe agree on every other month? And whatever your agreement is, whether it's a certain day or a certain week or a month or every other month, it doesn't even have to be in person. Let's take, let's break it down even further than that. It could be a Zoom call or agree that y'all check in through text, like something, anything. I think y'all are following me here, right? Like, People who feel the same way I do about this should not be perceived as too needy or clingy or making it about themselves and like, woe is me type of thing. Because no, that's not what it is. It's that we're just simply expecting the same amount of energy that we would, you know, put out, that we have put out back to us. It's just the right thing to do. I want to state this again because I feel like I cannot stress it enough that I do understand that there is only so much time in a day and so many weeks in a month and life is moving quicker by the second, but really that is all the more reason to stop and consider what I've said. And if you find that you yourself have fallen guilty of putting someone off, that you reach out to them today and remind them that you're there and that you care. And not only at your convenience, but in general. And if you're on the other end, feeling like nobody in your life has time for you, please try not to take it personal. I've had to have extreme empathy for both myself and others in order to accept that sometimes you just don't make the cut in someone's day or someone's life for one reason or another, and that is okay. And I promise you that wasn't meant to sound dramatic. I just mean like, I do understand that sometimes it just ebbs and flows, man. I get it. And if that's the case for you and you notice that, 
I want you to know that you can love them and root for them from afar. You know what they say, right? Like absence makes the heart grow fonder. If their heart is truly in it, they'll notice it and they'll adjust and they'll come back. They'll sort their own stuff out and then they'll, they'll come back for you. Time will show you who is there for you. Bottom line, period. We're all just trying to juggle this balancing act called life. Oof. All right. Moving on. Bullet point number four. Can we not continue throwing around toxic positivity as filler words when we don't know what to say? Oftentimes, toxic positivity happens when we want to help, but we just don't know how or what to say or what to do. It's normally done out of goodwill and good intention, but the process of toxic positivity results in the denial, minimization, and invalidation of the authentic human emotional experience. Toxic positivity is the excessive and ineffective overgeneralization of a happy, optimistic state across all situations. Some good examples of this would be when someone says, it'll get better. (laughs) I hate that one. Like, gee, thanks, Linda. I really hope it does. But how? (laughs) Where do I start? Can you tell me when? Like, you seem to know something I don't. (laughs) It's like, can we not just be allowed to first feel exactly what and how we need to before picking ourselves back up and brushing off the dust and becoming more positive again? Like, Sometimes you really just, it gets so dark and clouded and you just want to sit there and be like, dude, this sucks. This absolutely sucks. And you want someone to be like, it does suck. Wow. Wow. Let me just sit here with you in this moment and listen and just like comfort you. Cause like, damn, like that's a lot. That's really, truly a lot. And I, I admire you and you may not know how, I may not know how. But I can tell you one thing, I believe in you. I've seen you, you know, get through harder things than this. You've got this. I'm not saying that this isn't hard because, ooh, I wouldn't trade (laughs) you. But, you know, I don't know. (laughs) I'm just trying to, like, you know, play it out so you understand that sometimes we're just looking for comfort and that safe space to be exactly whatever point, no matter how low it may be, before getting that boost of, all right, I'm back in the game, let's do this. You know, shutting someone down, whether intentional or not, when they're trying to share something difficult with you, creates a disconnect. You can't bond with someone if you're unwilling to sit in their grief, sadness, or anger with them. All right, that's a good one. We're going to leave that at that. I think you get it. Moving on to bullet point number five. Can we not keep expecting the people in our lives to be perfect little cookie cutter ideas of what we want them to be? Can we all just agree that we are all only human and being a human is hard and messy and comes with a lot of pressure all on its own without someone you love putting extra pressure on you to act, think, or be a certain way? This is something that also creates major disconnect in a relationship. 
For example, there have been several people in my life who have made me feel like it is my responsibility and obligation to fit into this tiny box that they've set out for me. They've made me feel like it is my job to live up to their expectations. Do you know how hard and exhausting that is? And if you're a people pleaser like me, I know you do. And take it from me, someone who has been people pleasing her entire life, that it's just not ideal or realistic or healthy to put that on ourselves. It's taken me forever and a lot of heartache to finally realize that you can love and respect someone and have the desire to make them proud without having to compromise yourself. We all have our reasons for believing that one should be a certain way or not. And I think that's normal. We all have our own opinions and expectations of people, but we cannot navigate our delicate relationships with force. Who all can relate to the disappointment that comes with telling your parents that you don't want to take the path they've carved out for you? That's really hard. It sucks. It's so hard to let people down. But it is in my experience that if the person you are trying to please truly has pure intentions and genuinely loves you and wants you to be happy, then they will be flexible. They will be willing to meet you with a love and a support that is truly unconditional. And eventually, it may take a lot of time, but eventually they will start to come to terms with the fact that maybe, just maybe, you could have been the one to carve out a path for yourself that is more true to who you are and what you enjoy out of life. I think the reason a lot of us go about our lives constantly ignoring our own wants and needs to try and fulfill the wants and needs of others is because we have been taught and conditioned to believe that our relationship with someone, family members included, are built on unspoken conditions. And where there are conditions, there isn't room for trust or mistakes or collaboration. And that's where resentment, mistrust, and broken hearts are born out of. We've all heard the saying, there's two sides to every story. Well, there are two hearts and two minds to every relationship. We have to start learning to meet those that we love halfway. It can't ever be my way or the highway because nine times out of ten with that kind of mentality, someone always ends up on that highway, feeling lost and defeated due to the overwhelming pressure of trying so hard to live up to someone else's expectations and ultimately they somehow stop being able to even live up to their own expectations for themselves and it just simply isn't worth it. It isn't worth it. So we all need to learn how to be a little more collaborative. You know, we can't get so stuck in our own beliefs that we cannot be open and we cannot accept the idea that what's true for you may not be true for someone else. We've got to stop that. It's not healthy. It's harmful. And at the end of the day, if two people love each other and care for each other and want what's best for each other, then they have to be willing to hear that other person out. Because otherwise it just won't work.
Well, there you have it, friends. A deep dive into some major key points that have been weighing heavy on my heart. There are so many more points I could have added here, and if there are any that resonated with you or any that I left out that you want me to talk about in a future episode, please, please, please let me know. Feel free to reach out to me anytime on my socials. My podcast Instagram is at from a friend podcast, and my inbox is always open to messages from you guys. And until then, let's treat each other fairly, keep open minds, open hearts, and be well. As always, this has been a Ready for Fame Studios production. Intro and outro music written and performed by Brianna Kelly.